Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. You know, I should tell our listeners that our guest this week, Jan Aldrich, is an old-timer with regard to UFOs. And we were talking about somebody whose work he took over from with his Project 1947 website named with Ted Blosher, who had an amazing database of the early sightings. And he was affiliated with an organization called Civilian Saucer Intelligence of New York. This goes back to like the 50s and 60s and everything, folks. So if you're not very old, you're going to learn a lot of history you haven't heard before. And we had some fascinating people in there, such as, of course, Lex Mepin and Isabel Davis. And some of their writings were just positively brilliant. And Jan, I, should, I was mentioning this to you before we got started. This is CSI of New York. No resemblance to that horrible TV show. Okay? We're not talking about this yeah, right. spin-off of the Las Vegas CSI, which is coming back this fall with two of the original stars. I mean, they just never give up. So, Jan, how did you get involved in all this this UFO stuff, especially um, the emphasis on the old cases? Junior high, the Christmas over the Christmas vacation, we had a thunder uh, thunder snow, a snowstorm where you have thunder and lightning. And I was making uh, cinnamon toast, and the chimney got hit by lightning. And there was a spark that jumped across the electric. So I opened up the uh, uh, the oven, and there's this ball of light just hovering inside the uh, oven there. And it's just crazy. And then it started rolling over and over. It wasn't touching anything. It was just like it was rolling in the air. Got to the end of the shelf in the in the and and like it was falling, but it had never touched anything. It wasn't touching anything. And it exploded like a cherry bomb, which, of course, knocked me on my backside. And when my father came home, I said, what was that? I I, I told him about it, and he said, that's what civil libraries for. Go down there and look it up. So that's what I did. I found out it was uh, ball lightning, and most scientists at the time did not believe it existed. It was... It was supposed to be like a myth. So I got reading on ball lightning, and then I got reading on UFOs, and that's how I got involved. And here you are. Yeah, here I am. And as far as Project 1947 goes, uh, I got out of the Army. I uh, I called uh, Don Berliner at the uh, Fund for UFO Research. And I told him I want to extend Blocher's uh, study of the 1947 wave, the very beginning of UFO, of, uh, of large UFO sightings, the wave. I said, I want to extend it. Berliner told me, Blocher, Ted Blocher's already done that. You, there's nothing for you to see here. So then I had to go out to the West Coast and find a, about a, about a hundred sightings that were not in Blocher's thing in his uh, study and send them to Berliner. And so then that convinced them that maybe there was still more to find. And, uh, I got a grant from the, uh, from the fund, actually from the 
UFO Research Coalition, um, which Bigelow, you know, he put in, a, you know, uh, quite a few bucks. So I got I got enough money to travel all around the United States and Canada, going to different libraries and um, archives and historical societies and things like that. Wait a minute here. So, You're uh, telling us that you were financed by Robert Bigelow? Not directly. I was financed through the uh, UFO Research Coalition. So he gave the money, and he had no. He said, "No, I don't. I don't want to do anything with this. You guys decide on the best thing." So everybody had a, a grant in, and I mine was in there, and I got picked. They said every other grant was was you know was terrible. It wasn't worth it, so he's, they picked mine. Of course, Bigelow didn't like mine, so it's pretty soon, Bigelow can't keep his fingers out of anything. He had to get his fingers back in there, and that was the end of the UFO Research Coalition. They still have a treasury, though. They have they have a, a several thousand bucks in it still, but um, yeah, they haven't done anything lately. All of these old UFO organizations, they do have treasuries, KUFOs, KUFOR. They still got some money. You used up your money? I sure did. And, I, you know, I kept expanding what I was doing. So, you know, I went out to, uh, uh, I, I found somebody that had a UFO collection for sale, and I bought it. Um, so uh, it was a guy in Michigan. And I bought his collection and uh, added it to mine. And I, you know, I went when I was going across Canada. I met Chris Rakowski in uh, Manitoba, in, in Winnipeg, and I went out to his house and he let me copy a lot of his stuff. And that's what I did. I went around the country. Uh, meeting you know, Chris is one of our. I should say this before we get things. on, Jan. Chris is just one of our favorite people on the show. He's a brilliant well, investigator, he, smart as a whip, and he's funny. He's got this amazing you, sense of humor. We really owe dig having him on the show. You know, he uh, he's giving all his uh, UFO material to the University of Manitoba. And... For a couple of decades, he was the point of contact for the Canadian government. They would get a UFO report and they would send it to him. So those also are going to the uh, University of Manitoba. And the University of Manitoba now has enough money to scan all these things in and to archive his collection. So it's 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 a great thing. Let's get back to your interest here. Why 1947? Why focus on all these old cases? Okay, so I uh, every once in a while I would go down and visit NICAP, and uh, um, Ted Blocher was running around in the country. He was he was part of a Broadway play. And so each place that he stopped at, he would look at the local newspapers and see if there were new 1947 cases that he that weren't in the NICAP file or he didn't know about. 
Now, so we should mention here, NICAP, one- the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena, one of the original UFO organizations headed up by Major Donald Kehoe. And, of course, we all knew the late Richard Hall. And in those days, I had some run-ins with Richard Hall, which became the stuff yes. of legend. I don't know if you ever heard about that. <laughs> but, you know, no, he, no, I haven't, but, yeah. Well, yeah, I'll, yeah, tell you, uh, I'll tell you, we, I visited we him one time. We were able to argue a lot. Pardon? <laughs> I said we were able to argue a lot, too. Well, in this case, I came over there with a friend of mine, Alan Greenfield, who's been on the show, and Rick Hilbert, and a guy named Marty Salkine from Brooklyn, New York. And Richard Hall points his shaking finger at me and says, you are not welcome here. <laughs> this is when we visited the, the NICAP headquarters in Washington, D.C. Now, NICAP headquarters, let me tell you about that story, and then we're going to talk about your stuff. NICAP headquarters was located in this small office building. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. The way things are going these days, do you ever ask yourself, when is the other shoe going to drop? The warning signs are everywhere. The next big danger is food shortages. That's why Americans are learning to be self-reliant and getting their emergency long-term food storage from My Patriot Supply. We're America's trusted leader in emergency preparedness. Over the past decade, My Patriot Supply has served millions of families and helped them prepare. Our delicious meal kits average 2,000 calories per day and stay fresh in storage up to 25 years. This is reliable food that will be there when disasters strike. And with the way things are going, you should grab some now. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com, order a starter kit for each member of your family, and we'll ship everything quickly and discreetly to your door. Don't wait and scramble with the masses when the news breaks. Instead, prepare today for what's coming. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNLoans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNLoans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNLoans.com. That's GCNLoans.com. The reviews for Extendivite are amazing. Amazon customer, it's amazing. I just ordered my second bottle. In one month, my blood pressure dropped significantly. I no longer get chest pain after I exercise. The reviews are spot on. My target is to get off of BP meds 
And if it keeps going like this, I see a light at the end of the tunnel. Amazon customer. Extendivite works great. This product has made my blood pressure and cholesterol stable. I highly recommend it. Amazon customer. Excellent herbal formula. I've been using it to keep my cardiovascular system fine-tuned. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. That's H-E-A-R-T-D-R-O-P.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Hi, I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear. Filling in for Smokey, because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless, dumping our used barbecue coals willy-nilly. Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. That's why I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous or new car scented. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So our guest this week, and he's a fascinating guy. We're going to get into some interesting stories here. Jan Aldrich is the head of Project 1947, and we know what that is from its title. Anyway, I was telling people about Major Keogh's organization, NICAP. In the way it was run, by the way, Keogh was rarely there. Mostly you had the office manager, and that was Richard Hall at the time. And this happened like 1965. And we mentioned that he said I couldn't enter the NICAP headquarters. NICAP was located off DuPont Circle in Washington, D.C. Now remember the famous sci-fi classic film, The Day the Earth Stood Still, directed by Robert Weiss, who also did Sound of Music and Star Trek, the motion picture. And Robert Weiss was interested in UFOs. Really? Okay. It starred Michael Rennie as Klaatu. Anyway, the movie, there's a scene there where they are chasing... The renegade Klaatu, you know, they want to capture him and they shoot him off DuPont Circle in Washington, D.C. that is technically probably, what, hundreds of yards or feet from where NICAP was located. That's a strange coincidence. But that's true. Anyway, you were able to visit NICAP, argue with Richard Hall, Jan, and he didn't throw you out. (laughs) He didn't throw me out. I, I visited NICAP 12 times, and each time I visited was for a week or two or three. And I did uh, file maintenance while I was there. I, I helped file things. I, I'm looking at the file cabinet, and t- there's a there's a thick file there on 1947 stuff. And I walked into the main office where everybody was doing something, and I said, where did all these 1947 clippings come from? And Ted said, that's me. And he told me about going around with this uh, Broadway play. And I said, I want to do that. I want to help you out. And he says, well, yeah, fine. You know, send me anything you get. So that's when it, that's when I started. He was close to finishing his book. So my contribution was was nothing. 
but he told me afterwards, oh, by the way, we're, uh, we're continuing 1947, even after the book came out. And he said, then we're starting on 1950. So I was hooked. So I used to go around to the libraries and do that. You don't have to do that today. You can go online, and mo- most of these things are the, the colleges and universities and other entities have, have the newspapers online now. But you couldn't do that in 1965, 66, 67. You couldn't do that. So you had to go to the actual library. So that's what I did. Every time I, I, I'd go to another library and look up, stuff and copy it out a lot of times we had to hand copy it because there wasn't any there weren't decent copiers at that time that you could put a whole newspaper on anyways then i went away from to the army i got got out in 94 and i like i said i i called don berliner and said you know i want to i want to continue this thing and he says there's nothing there's nothing. It's already, the bloaters got it all. So I had to go out to the West Coast. I just picked Washington, uh, Oregon, and Idaho and came back with a, a hundred or so uh, clippings that were not in bloaters' work. And Berliner said, maybe you've got something here. Apply for a grant. So at the time, that was the fund for UFO research. So I applied for a grant. They said, nobody has a grant that's worth a darn. Yours is good. You got the money. And that's what I did. I went all around the the United States, going to colleges, universities, historical societies, screening newspapers for 1947. And, of course, that, that that didn't last very long. I started screening for everything. Anything I could find. I would stay someplace uh, uh, a few days and then move on to another place. And like in Texas, there was um, there was a central location, there or there were several central locations for uh, newspapers. You know, one was Austin, one was uh, Panhandle Plains Museum up in the Panhandle, and then uh, Texas Tech out there. Uh, in in Lubbock and uh, uh, the uh, uh, El Paso, so there were a number of places. Plus, a lot of local libraries hadn't centralized their collection uh, yet. So, and that that's what I did. I did that for for about three years. That was that was a three year uh, a process. But like I said, I didn't just uh, do 1947. Everything I could find, I stopped off and saw ufologists and copied their files. And, um, you know, sometimes the libraries kept uh, files of UFO cases. You know, if the librarian was interested or so, he she just um, go ahead and uh, uh, she'd have a vertical file on it. So I copied all of those. So that's that was a starting of a huge clipping file that I have that's probably close to a hundred thousand clippings, which is nothing. It's nothing because there's so many newspaper articles. I I naively said that there's probably a million newspaper articles and 
I, I think now that uh, that was conservative because when I compare it with Greenwood, he's got about 125,000 clippings, and uh, our our stuff doesn't match. We we exchange stuff with each other back and forth. He's got stuff that I don't have, and he I have stuff that he doesn't have. And a million is too conservative. I'm talking about different, not not new service clippings over and over again, but just unique stories about UFOs. Well, That's the way amazing. to look at it here is you probably will never run out of sources of information, right. <laughs> which is really good. And I think what I want to do here is look at some specific cases and see whether you picked up anything more or different. And I think this goes back to a very brief period of time when I did a small gig for what became the movie known as The Phenomenon with James Fox. And this is when Tracy Torme was doing some work on it. And they asked me to look up cases before Arnold, June 24, 1947, and, of course, they said, don't look at just what Ted Blocher has done. But then, of course, you, you run into a dead end from there. But it's very important there to look at the cases that preceded Arnold. And I think part of it is to just see how his sighting influenced subsequent events. Jan Aldrich, he's associated with Project 1947. We know what that means. With Gene and Randall, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. Over 60 people had to be decontaminated after a chemical leak at a Texas amusement park. The incident occurred Saturday at Six Flags Splashdown outside of Houston. Authorities say an airborne chemical leak caused guests to experience minor skin and or inhalation irritation. 26 people were sent to hospitals for treatment. The park was closed down for the rest of the day. And the largest of more than 70 wildfires burning in the western United States has become one of the biggest in the history of the state of Oregon. The bootleg fire, which has been burning in and around the Fremont-Winnemont National Forest for nearly two weeks, has scorched more than 280,000 acres. Firefighters say they've been able to get it 22% contained, 
but add that a combination of gusty winds, low humidity, and dry vegetation on the forest floor has provided the fire with an abundance of fuel. The bootleg fire has so far destroyed 21 homes, with authorities listing more than 5,000 as threatened. This is USA Radio News. The Centers for Disease Control say the unvaccinated are driving a new rise in COVID cases. But some health officials also say that misinformation about COVID and its vaccines are helping drive the spread. Brad Bernards reports. With COVID-19 cases rising in all 50 states, health officials say it's clear that unvaccinated people are both driving the increase in cases and are most at risk. This is Dr. Tyson Bell, medical ICU director at the University of Virginia. I think one thing to really discuss uh, is uh, the misinformation that's really out there. I think that's really been a pandemic in and of itself. The fact that um, I think uh, people are getting inaccurate information, information that leads them to believe that the vaccines are either unsafe or not effective or they're not necessary. From the USA Radio News, West Texas Bureau, I'm Brad Bernards. And three of the Texas House Democrats who fled to Washington, D.C. to stop a vote on Texas's controversial election reform bill have tested positive for COVID-19. You're listening to USA Radio News. Every day we take steps to keep the people we love safe, but some health risks are easy to miss. Ticks hiding in the yard can spread germs that can cause Lyme disease and Rocky Mountain spotted fever. Mice searching for sources of food can spread bacteria and disease. Mosquitoes breed in standing water and can transmit illnesses like West Nile virus and Zika virus. Cockroaches are drawn to water in the home and can leave behind allergens that trigger asthma attacks. Stinging insects attack in defense of their nests and send more than half a million people to the emergency room every year. Household pests are a threat to our health. Learn what you can do to protect your family at pestworld.org. This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the podcast the gold standard of paranormal radio. So Jan, in your great quest to accumulate clippings and such, do we see sightings before Arnold that had objects that were similar? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Foo Fighters. Now, this is going to the uh, to the National Archives and and going through their stuff or the uh, Air Force Historical Research Agency in at Maxwell Air Force Base, going down there and finding actual reports, not newspaper things, actual reports of Foo Fighters overseas. They were in every every um, theater of the war. General Arnold, who was uh, was the Commanding General of the United States Air Force, he sent his aide, Joe Chamberlain, and his scientific uh, advisor, Dr. David Griggs, to investigate this while the war was still going on. Now, Arnold went to uh, Europe in the 415th Night Fighter Squadron, and he bunked in with them, and there was also uh, a reporter from. AP, 
and uh, a sergeant from Stars and Stripes that interviewed these guys. And they were also the intelligence sergeant of the squadron. He, or intelligence officer, excuse me. He went and uh, made a report up the line. And so it's, it got back to the Pentagon, and the Pentagon is sending uh, a message to uh, U.S. Expeditionary Forces Europe. and said, what is going on with these things? What are they? And I have that on my website. If you go to project1947.com and look at 1945, you'll find all kinds of documents about Foo Fighters. Shameless plug. Right, uh, but the question I think I asked here, Jan, is whether those sightings involved objects similar to what Arnold saw. Some did. Some were light. One on the West Coast. Now, this is this is a, a, an aircraft instructor, and I interviewed this guy because, you know, in the 90s, a lot of these people were still alive. So I interviewed this guy, and uh, he's flying along above the clouds, and they instructed him that day is to – he they knew he had a camera. They said, do, do not take pictures of anything because – We've got some stuff running around up there that we don't want anybody to know about. And he was above an overcast with a student pilot. This thing came up behind him, and it was orange, and it came right up off his wing. And as it stopped, it did a little waggle. Like the uh, pilot said, it, it was an intelligence error. He said, this is something that's being guided. And went ahead and went along with him just off his wing. And he said, I couldn't see any uh, uh, rivets or anything like that. And he said it turned from orange to silver when it slowed down. The pilot said, he said to the uh, student, he said, take off your hood and look at this thing. So the guy did. And then he uh, uh, he said, okay, put the hood back on. We're going to go on with our stuff, you know. This is a new kind of aircraft or something. That's what he thought. It's Heineck's escalation of hypothesis. You know, people keep trying to figure out what they're looking at, and they 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 figure it's something mundane, so they they keep going. And if if the UFO does something that's even more spectacular, then they have to change their hypothesis. But this guy just thought it was something new from you know in our inventory. So then it it started up again, it waggled again, sped off and turned from silver back to orange, went across the flight path and disappeared. He didn't think anything of it till he saw a P-80 fighter plane in, the, in 1950. And he said, that was nothing like what I saw. He said, this is something different. So it took him... It took him almost uh, 43 to 1950 to figure out he had seen something that was impossible. Now, I don't uh, know if you've heard of this. I'll tell you something that may be alien to you. There's a gentleman by the name of James Carrion who used to be the international or the national director of MUFON. I know him. Yeah, okay. Are you familiar with a book he wrote called The Rosetta Deception? Yes. Okay, this is something where 
I guess the ghost rockets were, according to his investigation, efforts to spook the Russians during the latter stages of World War II. What's your perception of that? I think the the Swedes did an excellent job of uh, uh, investigating those cases. And I don't think they would agree with him. I don't think I agree with him either. Yeah, I should mention here that you've also got, well, here, another shameless plug for you. If you do go to Amazon, there you can get copies of Project 1947 in print and another one, the Ghost Rocket Files, which looks really interesting. So uh, by all means, please continue, Jen. Yeah, well, the Ghost Rocket Files sold about five, five copies. However, what it is, it is formally top secret and below letters, cables, uh, and intelligence reports back and forth on ghost rockets. I found, uh, uh, and some of my colleagues found, 100 ghost rocket documents. Um, but then if you look at the documents, they refer to other documents. So we got a list of 100 documents we have yet to find on ghost rockets. Um, plus the British archives has information on ghost rockets. They also have information on Foo Fighters. So, um, yeah, the, the, the ghost rocket files was not a big seller <laughs> because actually all this it is is a bunch of doc arranged in chronological order from the, uh, from the Air Force or the Army Air Force, the the Army, the Navy, uh, SSU, which is a part of was part of the OSS, which survived after the OSS was shut down. Uh, the uh, Central Intelligence Group, which was a forerunner of the Central Intelligence Agency, those all those documents came from those. Uh, those agencies. And like I said, some of them at the time were top secret or, you know, and below. The only group of documents on ghost rockets that I found was in General LeMay's files. General LeMay had about seven or eight ghost rocket messages from Sweden and around Europe about uh, ghost rockets. Um, Every other one was just by itself. So the only way you found these kind of things was go to the National Archives, turn one page over, turn another page over. Oh, here's a ghost rocket document. Are there any other documents around the ghost rocket document that's about ghost rocket? No, no, nothing. So you got to turn more pages over, and then you find these things. And that compilation is some of the ones I found. So I think that is is totally, totally actually quite awesome. Um, For serious researchers, these are exactly the kind of things that we are looking for. It's easy to find a lot of uh, accounts from people who've had some very interesting experiences. But, uh, you know, I really love this stuff. I have the... uh, the other, the government and UFOs, the uh, the one that was, I think you may have had some 
involvement in that uh, came out of yeah, Mufon with swords. Government? Yeah, government. Let's yeah. do our break here, guys. We'll break. we got more to come with Jan, Jean, and Randall. You're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Deb's constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating kept giving her grief. She talked to her doctor to get some relief. Turns out Deb had irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC, which was a start. Saying yes to Linzess helped her do her part. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than six, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Abbey and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. Tea Club's original Pure Pau Diarco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus doesn't grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti Antiparasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. A one-pound package of tea is $34.95 plus shipping. 
To order, please visit shopsupert.com. That's shop, S-H-O-P, super, S-U-P-E-R-T, T-E-A, dot com. So the complete website is shopsupert.com. Or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5, California time. That's shopsupert.com at 818-984-6100. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. As we ended the previous segment, Randall was mentioning some updates to our guest, Jan Aldrich. Randall, just pick up on that, please. Right, yeah, UFOs and government. That's like a must-have collection of, of all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm just so glad to, that you made it onto the show. I remember... Back in the 90s when I was my – I've always been interested in UFOs, but I, I got a computer given to me. And that was back when, you know, when you when you looked at the computer and you went on the internet, it like went yeah. – <laughs> You know, and, the, and they were these big beige kind of – and I ran across Project 1947 and I thought – Oh, this is cool. So you're kind of like a pioneer in the early days of of the, the more popular Internet getting this information out there. That's how long right. you've been doing this. It's just, it's just yeah. amazing. Yeah, I'm so old. Uh, I don't remember when my birthday was. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, the, uh, let's talk about Foo Fighters again. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, somebody, somebody that uh, uh, really uh, went to town on this was Keith Chester, and he wrote a book called "Strange Company," and this is based on a hundred visits to the National Archives. He really went through the archives, tore through it, found, tried to find everything he could on uh, Foo Fighters. And it's a great book, and it's not that expensive. And it, uh, I, I helped him out, and Barry Greenwood helped him out, and uh, a number of other people uh, helped him out with what we had. And then he turned all his files over to us. He's, he he didn't quit after he wrote his book. He kept going there. So now we have his files, and uh, we're going to scan them. We're going to scan them in. In fact, we have a big scanning project, which is the uh, Center for UFO Studies files, uh, which is also the NICAP files and the CSI Los Angeles files and the CSI New York files and about a dozen other UFO groups. And we've we've been digitizing these things and scanning them in. We've got from pre-47 up to 1965, and then I did, uh, that Greenwood did all of those. He did the the biggest bunch so, much, so far. I did from uh, July 67 up to 1970. We're going to go hit it again. The files are now in New Mexico. And we're going to be going down there in September and trying to finish up uh, what we started. But that's ufology for you. Never finish. Oh, isn't that the truth? I'd like to back up just a little bit, too, here to talk a little bit about some of your your prehistory in ufology and that 
when you were in the armed forces, uh, you were involved in some pretty interesting stuff here. Now, you know, looking at one of the documents that I I pulled from your site that documents the Blue Book Unknowns, there's a little part in there that talks about Jan L. Aldridge, Master Sergeant, Retired Intelligence, NCO, European Theater, Security Manager, Top Secret Control Officer, Cosmic Top Secret Control Officer. I thought that was some kind of fiction. Communications Security Custodian, Classified Document Custodian, Nuclear Release Authentication System, familiar with protocols for establishing tactical biovac areas with exclusion areas. I mean, this is just, you're not just sort of a, a an inexperienced nobody when it comes to documents and dealing with this top secret stuff by the sounds of it. Yeah, I was uh, an intelligence sergeant for seven years. And most of my service in the armed forces of 25 years, most of it was in nuclear capable units. So I, I, I know some of this, uh, nuclear protocols and everything. Um, and in some cases I, I was the instructor and I, I had, uh, my, uh, opposite number, the special weapons NCO. This guy had been in every kind of nuclear unit from, uh, battery to, uh, the Pentagon. He'd been everywhere where there were nukes. That's all he did during his whole career. So I could lean on him for anything I didn't know. Now about the cosmic top secret. Cosmic is, indicates it's NATO. So top secret, cosmic top secret is a NATO document. So you know immediately it's a NATO document. So it's not just like some made-up science fiction thing. <laughs> no, no, you know, uh, Bob Dean used to brag about, uh, you know, he had a, a cosmic top secret. I had a cosmic top secret, a tomble. So I, you know, that's one card more than he did. <laughs> that's so funny. I said, you know what you can do with a cosmic top secret document or uh, a clearance? I said, I had a I was I was the guy that assigned the clearances because I was the uh, security manager. I said, you know what you can do with that? That and two dollars will get you a cup of coffee. <laughs> That's, we only had about a, a, a dozen people in my unit that could view cosmic top secret. We only had a few. And if you if you if you screwed up, it was like another five years in prison instead of just a regular. You know, if you you screwed up normally, you, you uh, cosmic put you in jail for about another extra five years. Well, uh, yeah, nuclear stuff would be pretty serious. Now, in your role there, did you ever? run across any documents on UFOs that no, are relevant? No. Well, uh, well, I ran, ran off of, ran into a few things uh, while I was in the military. And of course, when I was in the States, I, I always continued doing my newspaper searches and, and things like that. And you know, keeping in touch with people, uh, Lou Farish, um, Oh, I can't remember some of these names, what we had. We, this is before the Internet, so this is what we call the round robin. 
So, like, Lou would find a bunch of pre-1947 sightings, you know, maybe 19th century or even earlier, 18th century, 17th century. He'd find some of these in newspapers or other, you know, old books, diaries, whatever. So he would he would photocopy two or three of them, and then he'd send them on to another guy, and he's, that, that guy would send them off to a guy in England, and each person that got him was supposed to copy what he was sent and add something to it. So then it'd get around to me, and I'd copy what these guys had sent me, and uh, uh, I'd put some more stuff in it and send it back to Lou Farish, and he would start it on its way on its way again with uh, new uh, new information. So yeah, that that was one thing I did while I was in the military, but that one had nothing to do with the military. Um, uh, my friend, my superior, I guess my superior. He's he was he was superior to me in rank all the time, but I served with him about three times. Um, he was a meteorologist. Uh, he had a very interesting thing. He went to Christmas Island. Uh, it, it was something called the Line Island Exper- uh, Experiment. Um, they 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 flooded the area, the Line Islands, with meteorologists, and they took a satellite and put it over the the island, Christmas Island. That's where he was, and he's out there taking a weather observation one day and this light comes up now this is in the middle of nowhere nobody goes there it used to be a a nuclear testing site but nobody goes there the british used it then we used it and then we left it and the 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 natives were the only people that were there and they had a uh, a governor general or whatever they called them from the british uh from the british government so we're out there on that they're out there on that island and they're taking weather observation and this light comes up and it gets closer and closer bigger and bigger brighter and brighter so he figured it was a a pvy that they had out there for transportation from one island back to another so he starts flashing his saddle his uh uh flashlight at it. he's got a powerful flashlight and it starts flashing back and reacting to his light and he he said yeah okay that's a pvy pilot he must be coming in here for something let's continue that story in our next segment with gene randall and jan you're in the paracast thank you for listening to gcn visit gcnlive.com today Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, 
please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We always hate when the clock on the wall says stop for a few minutes, but we have to do that, Jan. Let's go ahead with that. Okay, so so Sergeant Bordee, he's walking back to camp, and he looks, and he sees the PVY sitting in the ocean there just going up and down with the waves and he says that's not what i saw so he goes in and reports what he saw to the scientist he gets interrogated by uh one of the uh, army meteorologists and they take his stuff down they send it to boulder colorado his sighting and there was one two days before that was somewhat similar and the rumor was that uh, the satellite picked it up. And he said it was, you know, all through the camp, it was a rumor. You know, the rumors were just going crazy. Finally, one of the scientists said, everybody shut up. No more. No more rumors. So he did. So he never found out. But he had heard that the rumor was that the satellite had picked these things up. So Dr. McDonald you know, he was an atmospheric physicist. Right. You're talking James McDonald, right? Of you. James McDonald, Dr. James McDonald. Yeah. At, at the University Absolutely. of Arizona. So the guys in Boulder, they sent a copy of this to the Condon committee. They never got acknowledgement. Nobody ever told them, thank you. You know, really nice. You know, uh, as far as we know, they threw it in the trash they sent it a couple other places, and then they sent it to McDonald because one of the scientists, there was a, what was his name? It was, a, it was something like Zipper, but I don't think that was it. Anyways, he, he, he told them to send it to McDonald. So McDonald had it in his papers. Yeah, I think they sent it to the Air Force, too. Anyways, it doesn't appear in Blue Book. So one day I'm... Bordine comes in and he's assigned 
to the unit I was at in Korea and we're, we're sitting around, uh, telling war stories to each other. He tells me that. And I said, and I'm interested in UFOs too. And I'm saying, this is bull butter. And I told him, I said, this is bull butter. <laughs> and the boarding says, ladies and gentlemen, they use other words, but we are not allowed on commercial radio to use those other words. Forgive me for right. stepping in. So, looking at McDonald's papers, there's Sergeant Bourdain's weather observation sheet, and he talks about this light as an addendum to his his observation. Then there's a letter in there that says the AMS-1 satellite was overhead at the time, and about a half an hour before Bourdain's sighting was reported, a bright light was picked up by the satellite over Christmas Island. So it doesn't exactly match, but something was there. And if you remember, Radcliffe said the uh, former DNI, Director of National Intelligence, if you remember, he said, we have satellites that spotted UFOs. You sure did, I guess. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've had guests on the show who have worked in actually erasing those <laughs> from their pictures. This is really interesting because you go back to the golden era in ufology. You remember that period of time. And it's not a period of time where you could mistake something that's more or less out of this world, like a B-2 bomber or something like that, because they just didn't have anything like that. And it's one of the most important periods, I think, in all of ufology history, still, for that reason, because you get these reports of things that they just didn't have then for sure. Uh, there's another one. It's on my site, if you want to look it up. It's uh, April 14th, 1953. Now, this is in Blue Book. It's kind of hard to find it. It's filed with another report from March 1953, but it's a uh, PVY, uh, which is full of electronic equipment, and it's heading towards Russia. This is during the Korean War, and uh, it in, uh, the, the night is so dark nobody could see anything out there. And they're, they're, uh, confronted by a radar thing, uh, a radar return, which is huge. It's large. And it looks like there's smaller objects around it, but they can't see it because it's so dark. And it was their time to turn anyways. They're turning and going back to Japan. So these smaller ones start making passes at them. They don't, they don't, uh, the, the passes are, they don't shoot. It's non-firing passes, but they, they're starting to make a lot of them. So the, uh, the pilot takes the plane down to 400 feet off the, uh, off the ocean surface, which is pretty low. And these things are going underneath the plane and it's flying along at 400, 400 feet. And they're getting radar signals and other signals like this thing is directing the smaller objects. And they're heading back to Japan as fast as they can go. 
So that's in Blue Book. So Brad Sparks wrote that up for uh, for Jerry Clark's latest edition of his encyclopedia, edition number three. And uh, Barry Greenwood found these um, a combat summary, weekly combat summaries for the Korean War from the uh, first Marine Air Wing. And what the first Marine Air Wing has is what's the ground combat situation, what's the uh, sea combat situation, what's the air combat situation, and UFOs. UFOs is a, is separate from unidentified aircraft. Oh yeah, it always um, has been. I mean, we we got yeah yeah, that, but I mean, this is know. this is the Marines now. They're doing yeah. this. They're doing this. Uh-huh. So so here's that incident I told you about. And there it is in the Marine summary, and it's it's new information. There's more information on this case in the Marine summary. And so I, I talked to Brad, and I said, uh, Brad, this, this thing has got new information. Brad says, good, send it to me. I'll rewrite my thing, and you can put it on Project 47. So I sent it to him. He rewrote it. It made changes uh, as the first Marine thing indicated, and it's on my website if you want to look at it. And it's a fantastic case. We had a Navy uh, uh, fighter pilot look at it, and he said, "Well, maybe the Russians could have had something like that back in '53, but I don't think so." He said, "It's kind of it's kind of weird," and they loitered around making passes at this aircraft for quite a long time, they should have run out of fuel if it was fighter aircraft. So that's oh, another thing. Well, okay, so when they were making these passes, though, could they see them then, or was it all strictly radar? Uh, some Sometimes they could see what looks like a, uh, um, you know, the, the, you know, the engine, the, you know, the, the the burning fuel from the engine they 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 just couldn't make about what they were and so i'm saying why is this in uh the ufo thing project blue book why is it in project blue book why wouldn't it be in you know why wouldn't these guys in the uh uh navy the bureau of aviation and everything which is the uh kind of the uh equivalent of ATIC or uh, Air uh, Technical in, uh, Intelligence Center, why weren't, why weren't these guys studying this like crazy? We're going to get crazy if we don't do this break. Some people think I'm crazy. More to come with Gene and Randall and Jan. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. 
We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more. And this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Have you ever thought about turning your Glock, XD Family, or 1911 handgun into a semi-automatic carbine? It only takes about 30 seconds. The MacTech carbine upper is classified as an accessory and can be delivered right to your doorstep with no FFL or background check required. It's the world's most versatile pistol accessory. Build your custom upper today. Simply go to handgunconversion.com. That's handgunconversion.com. We are GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. We've got listeners, lots of them. Around the world, around the clock, our listeners do what listeners do. They listen. And you know what listeners got? Needs. Needs for your products, your services, and money to buy those needs. With our network of over 1,000 radio stations, streaming on the web, and our satellite transmissions, we're reaching our listeners with quality conservative programming. But there's something our listeners don't have. Your offer to meet their needs. Any business needs buyers. But if our listeners don't hear your message, they're still going to buy what they need. Just not from your business. So let's fix this. Tell us about your business. Then let our super creative department go to work to craft just the right message for our GCN listeners. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just shoot us an email, advertise at GCNlive.com. We've all seen and perhaps use the alcohol-based hand sanitizers. Have you noticed how it dries your skin and as soon as the alcohol evaporates, it's no longer effective? GCNteam.com has alcohol-free antibacterial soap and foam meeting or exceeding all requirements set forth by the United States Food and Drug Administration. Come to GCNteam.com, keyword antibacterial, or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. The question of the age is Jan. Yeah, why not take it seriously? Go on, please. 
But we've done that with with a, a, a number of cases now. We just keep finding cases that are in Blue Book, and we find info, independent information elsewhere. And so Brad's got what he calls a preliminary list, or now I think he calls it a comprehensive list of unknowns from Project Blue Book. It's not 701. It's about closer to 1,500. Oh, yeah, we had to know that there was more of them for sure, which which kind of makes this, and moving ahead now to more contemporary times, this uh, small list of sighting reports that the UAP task force, which is, I mean, this whole UAP thing is another issue, but, I mean, it just kind of makes it laughable to think that they're giving us the whole point of view about whether or not these things are real based on a few reports from modern times that, in my opinion, half of them could still be drones. Right. It's like Gene has said, it's like all of this history to them doesn't exist. Right. Their hour zero is November 2004. Even if it's November 2004, go on to Pluckett's site. And he's got FAA things, and uh, he's got a Navy sighting off of New Zealand, uh, the U.S. Navy sighting from uh, one of the sailors on this ship off of New Zealand. And he's got uh, cases that the FAA had and the airline pilots in this time frame. Right. You're talking William Puckett? Yeah, UFOs Northwest. Yeah, he's uh, one of our special correspondents from time to time. Yeah, he's he is uh, an excellent investigator. I, I am just so impressed by him. You know, I got to ask you because you've looked so into this stuff and have so much experience with it. Let's go back to the Robertson panel. Now we know now, generally speaking, and my uh, area of expertise is 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 very general and not as in-depth as yours but we do know that the robertson panel did recommend that pilots even be ridiculed that they be that the sightings be debunked and one of their strategies was to kind of make a big deal out of it as if there might be something there and then to deflate everyone's with a mundane explanation and they even recommended that they get companies like the Disney Corporation involved in any of that. Can you elaborate on any more of that? Sure, I can. There, there's a lot of stuff that's come out about the Robertson panel, but uh, they're too focused on other things to uh, to realize that this stuff is available now. Like, did they actually get Disney to, or or other media people involved? I don't know if they got Disney. I think they probably uh, tried to. Uh, look, the Robertson panel's uh, recommendations went to the uh, intelligence. Oh, what the heck is it? IAC. It's it, it's it's like uh, all the intelligence agencies together. It went there. It was forwarded by the CIA to these guys. They didn't. Neither the CIA or the IAC tacked on any. Uh, other uh, orders or recommendations. They just said, here it is. 
it's for your review. And then the IAC sent it to the Defense Department. Defense Department sent it down to the Air Force for your review. Nobody told them to do this. It got to the Air Force, and Major General Stanford, head of Air Force Intelligence, wrote a letter to Major to uh, General Garland and said, "Come and talk to me about that." So, it Ruppelt says in his book, the uh, uh, General Stanford was the uh, was the silence group, and he's the one apparently. Now we don't have the documents to say for sure, but it looks like he's the one that decided to take the Robertson panel's uh, recommendations and implement them. Interesting. And, and I mean, they were not happy about that. It looks like, to me, it, that every indication was that that was one of the reasons that Ruppelt decided to bow out of the whole thing, because he was so disgusted with having to, if necessary, yeah, but, discredit his own people. His his thing was his uh, uh, stint in the in the Air Force was over in uh, uh, in fifty three, so he was released. All the people that worked on Project Blue Book under him were all reservists, and Fournay was a reservist. They were all released because the war was winding down, and. I think there's a reason that they used reservists, but it's you know it's kind of complicated to get into. But I I think that's why there was a reason that they used these. Now talking about the Robertson panel, Fred Durant, he's the one that wrote the memo that told what they did. Now in the military, we say the guy that wrote the memo controls the meeting. In other words. If he leaves something out, you don't know it. That's all you get is afterwards, the uh, people at the CIA, all they got was Durant's memo that he wrote. This is what happened at the meetings. But uh, Dr. Thornton Page, he was one of the panel members, and he made extensive notes, and he carried them home. And he gave those notes to Menzel. So those are in Menzel's papers at the uh, APL, American Philosophical Library in Philadelphia. So here they are. So what did what did um, what did he uh, write about? Well, uh, in Ruppelt's book, he talks about the F eighty nine pilot that fired on a UFO. Right, he opens um, the book with that. That's that's, that's a very, that. very, very interesting case. I mean, if you, if if J.J. Abrams would put that one in one of his films and do a good job of simulating what that airplane was doing going into a dive, and in we're talking about a daylight disc here and approaching the speed of sound, catching up with this thing, and then firing on it in the you know, I mean, that's pretty impressive stuff. Well, see, now, I did that for the Smithsonian. Smithsonian did a, a documentary. I did that case. And I'm saying, uh, you know, he wants me to just read Ruppelt to him. And I said, well, uh, no, it happened this way. And he says, how do you know? 
He said, Does all we have is Rupel. And I said, no, I don't. I said, I talked to the intelligence officer that debriefed the pilot. Jan Aldrich, Project1947.com. With Gene and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. USA Radio News. I'm Brad Bernards. An MLB game between the Washington Nationals and San Diego Padres erupted into chaos Saturday night after gunshots rang out near Nationals Park in Washington, causing players and fans to flee for safety. Videos of the incident quickly spread on social media, with the Nationals' Twitter account confirming gunshots outside the stadium. Players and fans could be seen running for cover. Four people outside the stadium were struck by gunfire, A rapidly growing wildfire south of Lake Tahoe jumped a highway, prompting more evacuation orders and the cancellation of an extreme bike ride through the Sierra Nevada on Saturday as critically dangerous wildfire weather loomed in the coming days. A Cal Fire spokesman. We're uh, months into a uh, very intense drought, so our fuel conditions are incredibly receptive to fire at this point. This is USA Radio News. Disturbing reports are emerging of hackers taking advantage of those killed in the partial collapse of the Champlain Towers South Condo. Officials say the criminals are seeing the victims' names in the news, stealing their identities, and trying to make a profit. Surfside Mayor Charles Burkett. This person is uh, using this technique in cookie-cutter style and applying it to others. The details of how the crime is being committed is information investigators are trying to keep secret to the public to protect the integrity of the investigation. Republican Texas Governor Greg Abbott hosted a briefing on border security Saturday afternoon with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. The briefing took place in Del Rio, a city about 160 miles west of San Antonio, along the border with Mexico. What's happening here at the border may be happening here today, but it may be happening in these other states tomorrow, next week, or next month, Abbott said. This is USA Radio News. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got 
got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Go to GCNteam.com or call 855-GCN-MALL. That's 855-426-6255. GCNteam.com or 855-426-6255. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. Hi, this is James Fox. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Jan, we could go on for ages. And let's take whatever time we need. Please go on. So, we interviewed Tom Tolina and I. We interviewed the intelligence officer that debriefed this guy. And this guy's a, is a real skeptic. He thought the pilot should be thrown out of the uh, Air Force. And he was. Uh, he, he was broken. He, he lost his officer status, but he came back in, uh, as an enlisted man. Um, Ruppelt presented this case to the Robertson panel, and, and Thornton Page took notes. And so we know the the plane was flying out of Kirkland Air Force Base. So this is this is uh, further information on this case, and uh, Page took really good notes. Uh, if you remember the radiation case in Ruppelt, he he had all the names there. He had all the names, and the uh, we do have the uh, uh, information from the Department of Energy about the. Uh, what did they call themselves? I think they called themselves the Rock Hounds. They were looking for radiation in with uh, during UFO sightings, and they found some. There were some at Mount Palomar, and there were some at uh, Los Alamos. And uh, uh, Thorn Page took their names down and put them in his notes. And he also, like I said, he, he the F uh the the f eighty six he had the he had the information about that so um you know when when I was recounting this thing for the uh Smithsonian, they would stop the tape and say, "You can't say that and I said, yeah, I can because I know more about the sighting that's what in Rupel. you want me to regurgitate Rupel I said, I need to tell you what happened." That's what I'm here for. And so guys, okay, go on. And then later on, I got a, uh, a letter from the producer. How do you know all this stuff? And I told him. And then I never heard from him again. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't but, that amazing? That how, when, yeah, when, yeah. They, don't uh, I, 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 they wanted to hear Rupel, and I told him. I said, I know more about this case than you do. And Rupel I, is not the only source. Right. And I, now, I think that this that this... The, the way it's described in the report on unidentified flying objects is still very good, and that he interviewed the pilot himself. So uh, that part's okay, I think. I mean, I don't think there's any misinformation that Rupelt was giving us. Or, or what's your perspective there? Or are you just adding more detail to the story? Well, the, pe- the people that I talked to, uh, 
uh, or the, excuse me, Page's notes and the intelligence officer, they gave me more information. Right. Okay. So, I mean, a lot of people, you know, kind of diss the whole early Blue Book uh, operation as being, you know, relatively insignificant with hardly any resources. But, I mean, how many people can say that they can just go out and requisition an Air Force jet to fly off to a military base and interview the commanders and the pilots? Like, that's still pretty impressive regardless of whether or not their budget was really small in military terms. Right. Yeah, so um, uh, another thing about the Robertson panel. Okay, I always wondered, why is uh, Luis Alvarez, Ph.D., you know, uh, Nobel Prize... uh, Right, physics and radar. ...caliber... caliber, a scientist. Why is he not interested in the radar sightings? Well, Thornton Page made a note of what Alvarez said. He said, I don't care what the operator feels is going on during this sighting. I want quantitative and qualitative information. I want numbers. I want, I don't care what the operator feels like. And so, when they decided to make the uh, the recommendation, why didn't Alvarez stand up and say, we need more and better radar data? He didn't. He went along with uh, uh, Robertson and the rest of them and said, we should debunk this thing. And I, I really feel that that was, that was a, you know, if, if he had stood up and said, we need more and better information, I, I don't like what we, what I heard. I think that would have uh, changed what what had happened in 1953. Well, this was what they call in the you know in ufology is the Great Divide. This is where all of uh, the ridicule set in. That was the, the seed that started the whole thing. Before that, people were like, "Oh yeah, well, okay, so you know, alien visitation. That's not that big a deal. That's really interesting. Tell me more." Generally yeah, so, speaking, uh, yeah. So, when people uh, now, like when when you say the C the CIA is behind all the ridicule, they think you're talking is conspiracy theory, but it's right there for people to see if they want to read it. Sure, yeah, and, and like I said, we interviewed Durant, and so he told us things about the Robertson panel that you know hadn't been heard before either. But he told us when he started, he said, look, I've been debriefed by the CIA, and I did a, a oral history for the CIA, just like you guys are doing for me now. And uh, uh, so I know what I can talk about. So uh, it wasn't really that enlightening to interview him, but it was interesting and he he put us on a uh, you know put us straight on a few things and of course uh we would stop every once in a while and i'd call brad sparks and brad i'd tell brad sparks what he said it's a good thing durant couldn't hear the other end of the book brad sparks said that dirty liar he's absolutely telling you the the a lie there uh, and i wouldn't say that i'd try to word it diplomatically but uh uh, Durant would not 
change his tune. He was he was he was rooted in that. He was he. It's there. I wouldn't change a word in my uh, my memorandum. Okay, that's uh, pretty interesting. Another thing that comes up from time to time, and uh, is what they called the estimate of the situation. And Rupelt talks about it in his book as well. And he says he saw it. He held it in his hands. It was a thick document, and. Uh, this has become sort of the holy grail of ufology in terms of, of finding documents. And from time to time, we we run into people who say that they've also seen it. Now, we had a guest. Yeah, Heinrich did. And yeah. Heine, okay. Heineck, Fournay, and a few other people. Right. And so we're talking about, these are some of the best engineers of the day who were looking at this problem from their perspective as scientists and engineers of the day, arriving at a conclusion that these were, well, what they were calling in those days interplanetary, which these days we doubt that's the case, but still we're talking about off-world. Right. Okay, so uh, let's talk about what we found. Okay, Fournay wrote this. He wrote up a little thing when he was at the... uh, um, uh, Bill Pitts's uh, conference in uh, the Ozarks, and Bill Pitts was the new Project 1947. In other words, he had a he had a bunch of people that had worked on UFOs in various capacities, and but they were mostly just, you know, they lent their name to his new Project Blue Book. He 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 did investigate some cases, but not very many. Um, We're going to have many more things to talk about here with Jan Aldrich, project1947.com. And it's not just ancient history. It's fascinating history. With Gene and Randall, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hey, everybody. If you've ever thought about heirloom beans as a storable survival food, I've got great news. In fact, I'll bet it's the best news you've heard in a while. Here's the thing. We've just received a fresh batch of gourmet heirloom beans, survival soup beans. These beans are gorgeous, highly nutritious, and above all, with no hesitation whatsoever, the best tasting beans in the entire world. 
The best part? We've dropped the price by 33% this week for listeners who know higher food prices are coming and want an inflation hedge you can actually eat if you want to. Gets even better. With your permission and with a high regard for your health and well-being, I also want to send you two pounds of what we think is the single most underrated superfood in the world, period. Go to SoupBeanSurvival.com, that's SoupBeanSurvival.com, and discover the real reason we're giving this unusual superfood away. At SoupBeanSurvival.com, that's SoupBeanSurvival.com. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veterans nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-670-0946. 800-670-0946. 800-670-0946. That's 800-670-0946. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Dan Aldrich, Project1947.com. All I can say is go on. Okay, so supposedly the thing was uh, destroyed, but uh, Fournay had a copy in his desk and Rupel had a copy in his desk. Who I don't know where they went. It was discussed other places. The project sign interim report for 30 November 1948 also discussed what was in the estimate of the situation. Yeah. That also was destroyed by accident and, uh, uh, the Pentagon Air Force Intelligence said said to ATIC, said, it wasn't ATIC at the time, it was TID, but anyways, they said, send us another copy, we destroyed this one by accident. So 
I did a FOIA. Well, to, well uh, they destroyed it by accident. <laughs> they destroyed Okay, listen. Destroyed I mean, that's one of the no, things no, where you listen, yeah, yeah. and if you had the coffee in your mouth as you're drinking it, and it's like one of the old shticks they did on TV in the yeah. 60s, you spit out the coffee. Yeah. So the 30 November project sign interim report was destroyed by accident. They wrote to, uh, to right field and said, send us another copy. So I did a FOIA. Well, you know what they said? Well, everything about UFOs is in Project Blue Book. Of course, this wasn't in Project Blue Book. And I told them so when I did my FOIA. But that was it. Uh, the appeal, appeal didn't work. I have to go to the archives and look for that document. But when they did the CIA documents, here's a Navy document. And it's by the Bureau of Ordnance and a guy named Lowe, I think is Dr. Lowe. And what he did is he's got, he's got the 30 November interim report. And he's writing a Navy evaluation of what the Air Force is doing. So that's as close as we've come to the estimate of the situation. We're three documents away. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think it's still out there in someone's attic and, and no, I believe it's, I believe it's somewhere. um, The way things are filed in the military is kind of weird. Sometimes if things get separated, they may file them at, you know, when, when they get the current, the old document back, they may file it in the current at the time, which would be 1949. They may have filed it in there instead of back in 40, 48. So somebody has to go in there and look. Mr. Lewis at the, at the, at the National Archives, uh, he and Todd were uh, fairly thick as thieves on, on UFOs and Mr. Lewis told Todd, there's more UFO documents here at the archives than I can get to. He said, I don't have the manpower nor the resources to look at them. Somebody's got to come down here and look for them. And, of course, Todd was taking care of his mother, so he couldn't do that. So uh, there's still plenty of things to look at. When you're talking Todd here, or which Todd are we, sorry, are we talking about here? Robert Todd. Oh, Robert Todd. Okay, because uh, I was just going to ask you. There's, there's. It's funny how there's a number of different names that are still, you know, everybody shares in in ufology. But, uh, and we're talking about documents. Well, of course, there's Todd Zeschel and Brad Sparks. Yep. That's Todd Zeckel, by the way. Oh, Zeckel. Okay, thanks. Right. Jim, uh, Jim Mosley and I sort of, kind of, sort of knew him. Well, you guys talk about that then, and I'll just I'll just listen because I'm finding this all real fascinating. That this goes with back to cause the citizens against UFO secrecy. Right, Zeckel does. Yeah, um, Zeckel. You know, Zeckel said that the the CIA destroyed NICAP. Well, oh my God. I think uh, NICAP was, destroyed NICAP, my yeah. personal opinion. And it's not because yeah, of the NICAP episode. NICAP. It's not, pardon? NICAP destroyed NICAP. 
I agree with you. Also, if you recall, I know this was mentioned when we had Jerry Clark on the show a couple of times. Major Kehoe was not a terribly good manager. And he was, a terrible he was fired from NICAP. Right. And Gordon Lohr was fired from NICAP because they were going to fix everything. You know, everybody was fired at NICAP except for Stuart Nixon, uh, Major Keogh, and Gordon Lohr. And they were supposed to fix everything, get it on a uh, financial solid ground. And they didn't, they didn't perform like they were supposed to. So then they were locked out when the the next board meeting was. Anyways, Todd Zeckel told me, he said he went through the files, and in 15 minutes he, he figured out that the CIA was involved in the end of NICAP. And so I asked him, I said, oh, where is this amazing document that you found in just 15 minutes going through the files? I said, when I was down there, I, every time I went there, I went through files, and I looked at things, and I made copies. I said, where is this amazing document, and what is it? And, of course, he wouldn't tell me, and he just got mad. And uh, at that time, he had just had a heart attack. He says, you want me to have another heart attack? So that was his excuse for not <laughs> talking about it. You know, you're, you're trying to kill me. I said, you know what, I, 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 I've I looked at what Cause did, and I had I had a lot of respect for you, but I don't anymore. So that's that's where that ended. But he never told me where he found this magic thing after 15 minutes in the files of NICAP that, that the CIA was running the place. So, I, and I don't buy that. I don't buy that. Well, yeah, they had some retired NICAP, people. NICAP was, it was, was, was mismanaged, and Gordon Lohr said he went out to uh, Keogh's home, which he, he ran a lot of the stuff uh, from his house because his wife had had a heart attack after he, after he Keogh, had mortgaged the house to, to put the money into NICAP. And uh, he had ulcers, and they didn't treat ulcers correctly in the 50s and 60s. Uh, most ulcers are caused by uh, bacteria, but they said at the time all ulcers are caused by worrying. Now, Keogh may have had the worrying kind, but the, the kind of medicine they had to have uh, was very expensive, and this Australian came up here from Australia and said, you guys are crazy. You're charging all these people all this big money to cure ulcers, and it's it's bacteriological. Yeah, mycoplasma. And, I think that uh, doxycycline uh, takes care of that these days still pretty yeah, easy. Yeah, so, so he, uh, he, nobody would listen to him because it was a billion-dollar industry to take care of ulcers. And he finally prevailed, and now you you hardly hear anybody have ulcers from worries. Sometimes listening to some of the crazy things going on in politics these days, if you had no other cause of ulcers, that would be the one. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that was uh, Keo was yeah, he he was a homebody. He hardly ever came into the office. And when he did, he hardly ever did anything. 
but Gordon Lore went out to his house and we interviewed Gordon before he went to the hospital. He's in the hospital now, but we interviewed him and he said, uh, and he was talking to Keo and he saw behind the piano, he had a piano, upright piano. And in back of the upright pianos were all these checks and membership applications and, and even um, donations that people had sent in and they'd just fallen behind the piano. And, you know, Gordon had called other people to, to, to ask for donations and the people were telling him, I sent you a thing. You never cashed my check. Whoa, I didn't realize it was that bad. I thought it was just that Kehoe was just not a good money manager. But I didn't realize... He wasn't a good money manager. But yeah, but not just leaving money behind the couch. I mean, I would have loved to have visited his home, but when we visited Kehoe, it was at a diner or something the time that we did. More to come with Gene, Jan, and Randall. You're in The Paracast. listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. Welcome back to the Paracast. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Welcome back. 
Whoa, we're learning more about Major Kehoe these days than I expected. As I indicated earlier, though, one thing I did realize with Kehoe is that he was rarely in the headquarters of NICAP. I saw him there one time that I was at the headquarters. And I guess I did something wrong because not long thereafter, we came back to NICAP, and that's when we had the incident with Richard Hall, you're not welcome here. I should say, though, to close that story out, that Hall and I made up 10 years later. Not so with Coral Lorenz and Evapro. She hated me for years. Mm. Did you know her? Yeah. No, I, I corresponded with her. I sent her stuff. Some of her stuff is on the microfilm that uh, uh, we've got from uh, APRO. Uh, National Enquirer uh, put their case files on microfilms, three microfilms. Two of them are lost, and one is uh, Brad Sparks has it, and it's been duplicated, and it's all around the place now, so it's not going to go away like these others did. More than one person has it, and that's the idea. The whole idea of everything we're doing is trying to preserve this stuff, put it on other continents, and we're getting stuff from other continents, too. Uh, uh, well, let's, t- let's talk Keith about that. Baster- Keith, Keith Basterfield sent me a thumb drive with a, a lot of cases that, that he had in his files, and so I put that on that on the uh, Kufos files. We just remerged them, and uh, you know Greenwood does his files, and I do my files, and we we exchange them back and forth, so that and the other people get them. Uh, Mike Swords did uh, some of his research, and he put it on his on on uh, uh, sticks and we got that and those are merged and we're what we're doing with the kufos and nicap and csi files um we're putting that on sticks so if 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 the kufos files catch fire we're going to have a good portion of them on sticks that can be recovered we're not finished yet. We hope to be finished in September, but this is important work. Um, I couldn't agree more. It's uh, yeah, but it's grunt work. Yeah, it does it's, get pretty tedious. That's for sure. Yeah, it's grunt work. It's grunt work, and swords uh, got a uh, a student from the local university. And he he lined up everything as to how to scan it, and he just paid her, uh, you know, going where you know, yeah. And she came in and did it whenever she had had the time or had the inclination. And uh, uh, you don't want guys doing it because they stop to read everything. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking around for other things to do, seeing if there's a girly magazine around. So you can't get anything done with guys unless you put a gun to their head. So you know, women are better in that, and that's what I that's what I keep telling women. And 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 Tom agrees with me. He says, uh, "Yeah, we go out there and do these oral histories." And he did. Then he says, "I find 
I find these um, housewives that want some extra, want some work, some extra money, and I get them to do the uh, the transcripts, and he says they're really done well. But we have to be careful here. We are we are at the risk here of being sexist in that kind of compliment. I am sexist. I <laughs> okay. am sexist. I think that women do a better <laughs> job on this kind of work. Um, and I think it's demonstrated. We've seen it several times. So, but um, yeah, well, historically speaking, and I mean, the, it, it, the observation that sexism was part of society is true, especially when you're talking about back in the 50s. I mean, women went to secretarial school and men went and joined the army. That's just, that was just life. You know, so, I mean, yes, it was sexist, but that doesn't make what you're saying untrue. It doesn't make women not good at what they're doing, you know, because of that. Yeah, they they are. They're better than men because men are thinking about sex all the time (laughs) and women are thinking about the job at hand. Uh, It's just, uh, but uh, uh, being serious, that is serious. And, of course, I always counted Isabel Davis is my mentor. And, uh, well, let's talk a bit about her. her. Who was Isabel Davis? She called me aside and said, read this UFO report. And it was, oh, it was terrible. uh, The woman was hardly literate. And Isabel said, did you get anything out of that? I said, the woman can't write. I don't understand mostly what happened there. And she said, read it again. So I read it again. You know, you know, hard-headed. She says, listen to what she said. The light came at her. And she had the kid in a carriage. As the light got really close, she went to the front of the carriage and shielded her baby from the light and she's so Isabel asked me what do you think about this case and I said I I said again well I think she can't write worth a darn Isabel almost got her broom which she chased us around with every once in a while (laughs) so she's getting her broom and she says listen it's not a very well-described case, but the woman is concerned about her kid, and that's what you should have taken away from this case. She is um, protecting her child, and this is, this is significant when you're evaluating this case. Don't you understand that? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Also, and, so and there, I, there that was one a, lesson. That, that that was one lesson I got from Isabel. The other lesson was nobody. Uh, well, let's put it this way: nobody in NICAP like lights in the sky. So um, right, they were all looking for started, saucers, right? Yeah, it, we're 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 talking about uh, lights in the sky and. Ted Blocher started calling them damn lights, and and everybody else there at NICAP started calling them damn lights. 
And uh, a lot of cases, they were calling up NASA and they said, yeah, our calibration plane was up last night. And it flew just where you were talking about. So um, so we're calling them Dan, Dan Lights and Isabel got her room. She was going to beat us with it. <laughs> and she said, you can't say damn lights. So Alexander Mulvane looked up the British Parliament, and it's all right to say damnable. So she said, well, he said, well, Isabel, if it's all right for the Parliament to say damn, damnable, it's all right to call them damnable lights. So <laughs> that's another Isabel story. You know, I met her probably a couple of times when I was really young, and also Lex Mebbin, Alexander Mebbin, and both were brilliant people. And again, if you look at the writings from CSI of New York, everything was just so incredibly well done. Really gifted writers. Anytime you find it, look it up, get a sense of some of the better cases of those years. But we've got more with Jan Aldrich, Gene Steinberg, J. Randall Murphy. It all means you're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the protectors find out more at rockoids.com that's rockoids r-o-c-k-o-i-d-s dot com the way things are going these days do you ever ask yourself when is the other shoe gonna drop the warning signs are everywhere the next big danger is food shortages that's why americans are learning to be self-reliant and getting their emergency long-term food storage from my patriot supply we're america's trusted leader in emergency preparedness over the past decade, My Patriot Supply has served millions of families and helped them prepare. Our delicious meal kits average 2,000 calories per day and stay fresh in storage up to 25 years. This is reliable food that will be there when disasters strike. And with the way things are going, you should grab some now. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com, order a starter kit for each member of your family, and we'll ship everything quickly and discreetly to your door. Don't wait and scramble with the masses when the news breaks. Instead, prepare today for what's coming. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Bad theater seats, cheap Halloween masks, my apartment, all things with obstructed views. Add to these large trucks and buses. 18-wheelers and large buses have big blind spots, and like my apartment... They don't always have the best view. 
bus and truck drivers deal with blind spots around the entire vehicle. Always take care not to ride alongside or too close behind them. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. Do you have a home that you don't want anymore? We can buy it from you within 24 hours, any home, size, or condition. For over 20 years, we've been buying homes for cash and helping homeowners sell their homes immediately with no listings or strangers walking through your home. Are you moving? Did you lose your job? Going through a divorce? Whatever the reason, if you're in a bind and you know that you need to sell your house fast, call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. We'll make you a serious cash offer to buy your home in 24 hours and let you walk away from it. No listing, no waiting. Sell any home, any size, any condition now. Call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. Make this free call now. 800-475-0092. That's 800-475-0092. Anytime, anyplace, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So let's move on here. I want to ask you, there's so much to talk about, Jan Aldrich. Maybe we could just mention this briefly. Your project1947.com. Obviously, Roswell has got to be part of that. What do you have on Roswell? I have a Roswell page. Now, a I looked page? at the Roswell, the two Air Force reports, and I said, what hasn't been looked at? Or what should be re-looked at? And so on the Roswell page, I put all those things that should be Somebody should go to the archives and see if they can find this stuff or relook at some of the stuff that's been there. And I haven't heard anything back from anybody about that. Uh, I said, you know, I'm, I'm not a Roswell investigator because there's plenty of those guys. And I'm looking at 1947 as everything but Roswell. Now, Roswell is important for one thing. It's the end of the 1947 flap as far as national news goes. There's no more wire service UFOs after Roswell. Why is there's, that? Good, good question. Why is that? Now, what there is, there's humor items all the time. There's humor items after Roswell. And there's foreign items about UFOs after Roswell. And there's regional wire service coverage of some uh, UFO cases, but the national coverage is gone till about December. So I, I can't tell you why. I don't have an answer. I don't even have a – I suspect that the 
because the Air Force and the Navy put on such a show about launching balloons that uh, the press decided, you know, UFOs days are over, so we're not going to cover them anymore. But I don't know if that's true. That's just my my thing. But I did look at Roswell. I did look uh, what what might be found or checked or rechecked, and I put that up. But I've never heard from anybody that they have done any of that. What is your and personal so, opinion about Roswell? Um, so many of these people have fallen apart over the years. Kaufman, for instance, he's a complete phony. And he's the one that the press believed was probably the best witness. They were always talking about Kaufman and how he was such a great witness. Kaufman, the spy, he he really sounds like he knows his business. And he had phonied up his documents and everything. And Kevin Randall and Mark Rodiger and I think uh, Don Schmidt was also involved in going to his home after he died and they found that he had phonied up his documents that said you know he was he was this uh you know intelligence officer and his um his background was you know it was it was wrong and people disagree about glenn dennis but i i i, I just it, it doesn't smell right so i, I i'm not too hot about that. So something came down there. I don't know what it is. Of course, we can't go, we're talking documents, we can't go, you know, past this without saying, well, what about the whole MJ-12 thing, which pretty much everybody seems to think is a hoax, except for Stan Friedman, who figured that there was really something to it somewhere and that that a lot of it was disinformation. What, What do you make of all that? Well, I think Stan held on to that idea forever. And he's, he wasn't going to give it up, and he was going to go down with all guns firing. Um, Jan, let me just yeah. interrupt here. We interviewed Stan probably last year or two of his life. Randall, I think you were on this episode. And we asked him, actually, more questions about his personal life than other people had, partly because he keeps repeating the same old stories. And I agree right. with you. To the end of his days, he never backtracked on anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in Connecticut, and he came to speak at uh, at White's conference there. And one of the things he said is, when he started, he said, "I made a mistake," and uh, John Timmerman fell off his chair. <laughs> Because he was waving his arms <laughs> and 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 doing this, what, 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 what? And he fell off his chair. I said, that's the first time Stan ever admitted that he did something wrong. And so <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it was funny. Barry Greenwood is back there and we're all exchanging glances back. He'd never done this before, but. Let me tell you what I did. I went up to the uh, Army uh, Historical Institute at Carlisle Barracks. Now, where it, Carlisle Barracks is in Pennsylvania, 
guess where Bill Moore, hero of American ufology, is from? Pennsylvania. So what did I find? I found magic documents. What were the magic documents? They also said eyes only magic, but their magic was spelled M-A-G-I-C, and they were codes that had been broken, and Admiral Leahy, uh, Truman's chief of staff, had a list of people that could see him. Only these people could see him. And that's the magic documents. Um, Majestic. Majestic is the alternate code word. It was top secret at the time. And it it was used in the Second World War as the alternate code word for the invasion of northern Japan. Now, you're going to tell me in 1947, the, people still think that it's it's top secret. And they're going to reuse the code word for UFOs. I'm going to tell you, you're crazy. And the majestic... Uh, uh, code word. Now, the Air Force in Japan wrote back to the Air Force in the United States and said, what's the status of the code word majestic? And they wrote back their message to back to the United States was top secret. And the message going back to them was restricted and said, majestic has been downgraded to um, restricted. It's no longer uh, top secret, but it's still classified. So you're going to tell me they have two code words, one's used for UFOs and one used for the invasion of northern Japan, and I'm going to tell you you're crazy. So if you want to believe that, you can. I don't believe it. And on the uh, Aquarius document... Let's consider the Aquarius document in our next segment. Jan Aldrich, Gene Steinberg, J. Randall Murphy, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right. We cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com.
USA Radio News. I'm Brad Bernards. The game between the San Diego Padres and Washington was suspended in the sixth inning Saturday night after a shooting outside Nationals Park that caused echoes of gunfire inside the stadium and prompted fans to scramble for safety in the dugout. The action is outside of the stadium. At this time, we ask that you remain in the stadium. The shooting and exchange of gunfire between people in two cars left three people injured, according to the Metropolitan Police Department's Executive Assistant Police Chief. New Jersey senators held a hearing last week to explore whether the science supports forcing children to wear face masks in schools amid growing concerns regarding the efficacy and negative effects of the masks. Scientists testified about the effectiveness of masks in preventing the spread of COVID-19 virus. This is USA Radio News. Rescue workers labored to deal with damage laid bare by receding water Saturday as the death toll from the disastrous flooding in Western Europe rose above 160 and thoughts turned to the lengthy job of rebuilding communities devastated in minutes. CNN Paris correspondent Melissa Bell. And yet, by the time the waters came, no one was prepared. From Germany to Belgium, the pictures caught by terrified locals give a sense of how fast and furiously the waters rose on Thursday, sweeping away everything in their path. By Friday morning, the scale of the devastation was becoming clear. President Joe Biden is nominating former New Mexico Senator Tom Udall to serve as his ambassador to New Zealand and Samoa. Udall, a Democrat, retired in 2021 after two terms in the Senate representing New Mexico. He spent five terms in the House and served as New Mexico's Attorney General. This is USA Radio News. Angie's List is now Angie. Summer is the perfect time to book your next home project. From lawn care to a new patio, Angie makes it simple to connect with pros who can get the job done right. See reviews, upfront pricing, and instantly book hundreds of projects. Plus, when you book and pay through Angie, we'll cover your project up to the full purchase price plus limited damage protection with our happiness guarantee. Check out Angie.com and for more on the happiness guarantee, go to Angie.com forward slash happiness hyphen guarantee Oh, whale! Guys, whale! Wow, whale. Oh, that's a big whale. Um, okay. Whale, whale, whale. Oh, no! Whale! The tides can turn quick on the water. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered. Get a quote today in as little as three minutes at progressive.com. At least it wasn't a shark, am I right? (laughs) Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. The Age of Aquarius document. I'm sorry I added the words Age of. Jan, go on, please. (laughs) So the Aquarius document... It had this thing that says something about, you know, signature. What it was was a cellophane document, although harder than the cellophane at the time, or plastic protector. When the high-ranking officer signed the document, they didn't smear the ink, the printer's ink, or the um, uh, their signature, and it was covered. They covered the document so it didn't get smeared. Uh, Morris trying to sell that as 
part of the Aquarius document, and it's just a, a, a cover sheet to keep the uh, ink from smearing. So, you know, it says something. Of it. it it does say something that sounds very official, but it's not. Uh, I've got a copy of it at home. You know, Todd had a copy. Everybody had a copy. But the true believers can't let that go. So they believe that there is an Aquarius document. And then all the other uh, weirdo documents, uh, MJ5 and some of these other MJ weird documents that people have are just too silly to even consider that they're they're real. Yeah, the thing that kind of concerns me about a a lot of that is that it probably looks silly to someone like you who's got experience in the military and knows what they're looking at. The average person doesn't. And no, it, they don't. It, and it also fooled Stan because, I mean, according to him, if you read some of his stuff, he actually did find some, you know, at least a couple of these in the archives, which means somebody must have went there and planted it knowing that he was going there unless – you we're supposed to think that Stan was in on some big part of the hoax. And I I don't know one way or the other. I can't prove it, but he, I just don't think Stan seemed like the kind of person who was in on the hoax. And if somebody had to go to that much trouble to create these documents and, and make them look pretty official enough to fool some people, but then be proven wrong, it kind of smells to me like some kind of insider disinformation scheme more than, you know, this certainly isn't your everyday hoax, in other words, right? Well, I was at the archives. They they got something like, uh, they got a huge collection of intelligence reports down. And William Wetzel uh, was at the archives. I was at the archives. I was looking for other stuff. Wetzel comes into the archives and we're talking. And uh, so they had found several UFO documents in this big collection of, of, of UFO documents. So they made a what they called a full box and put those in the full box. And Wetzel was down there copying them. So Stan comes into the archives. All of a sudden, there's guards everywhere. They put them up on the catwalks. They put them around the tables because the archives had figured that Stan put the Cutler Twining memo inside the top secret box that it was found in. It was found floating in that box. So the archives, when he was there, he thought he was getting the royal treatment. But what they were doing was keeping surveillance from different <laughs> areas to make sure that no document all all of a sudden appeared in another one of these things. Which, he, you know, if Stan thought he was getting the royal treatment, that doesn't sound like a guy who is also carrying a fake document to put in the box, right? Like, it sounds like he was set up. And if you're going to set someone up like that, maybe maybe he was set up, but. I have trouble with with the document. It, it, oh yeah, yeah, and and there's others, and then of course once Timothy uh, Timothy um, Cooper came into the story, it really multiplied real fast, and they're 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 not as good as the original MJ12 documents, but some of the MJ some of the original MJ12 documents 
are as stupid as every, any as all get out. But when uh, people were doing lectures, they they ignored those documents. They ignored the ones that were really weird. Obviously, now, out there. The, on the Navy, okay. yeah, the Navy uh, screwed up. Uh, Robert Woods. Robert Woods had in the MUFON journal, he said, uh, some of these documents are controversial. They're about the Battle of Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. And he says, some of them are really good, but some of them are controversial. Right, so that saves your ass? No! So what What did, uh, what did the Navy do? Uh, one of the things said that Admiral Anderson was the head of ONI, Office of Naval Intelligence. And he may know about the uh, shooting down of uh, a UFO at during the Battle of Los Angeles, because there's documents that was in Woods' uh, article that indicated that something had been shot down. But we're not going to worry about this now, you know. We're going to worry about this after the war is over. So it says Admiral Anderson, which is very, you know, which where's, here's where the Navy messed up Robert Wood. In the history of the Office of Naval Intelligence, it says Admiral Anderson was the incumbent in 19... Uh, 41. And so Wood copied that down in his phony document or whoever Wood got it from. He copied it down in the phony document that Admiral Anderson was at the Office of Naval Intelligence. Admiral Anderson had been at the Office of Naval Intelligence just for a couple of months. And then there was another admiral there for a couple of months, and there was another admiral there for a couple of months, and then there was another admiral there for a couple of months. And Admiral Anderson, at the time of the Battle of Los Angeles, was at Pearl Harbor trying to get the the uh, battleships uh, refloated so they could go to war. He was not the Office of Naval Intelligence, but it said he was the incumbent. That meant at the beginning of 1941, he was the guy that was in there, and the Navy didn't list all the subsequent admirals that had been in uh, Office of Naval Intelligence because they were changing them every month or so. Um, See, you'd have to know so, all of this stuff to really to, to be able to do, like, the perfect job of, of forging some kind of documents and stuff. But to yeah. me, none of this really sounds like it's the work of, like, you know, a bored high school student or, you know. It, it, no, it's, it's not. It's This is professional work still when you look at Well, the, it's like, not professional, but it's it's people that are looking around for things. Now, the magic code. Um, well, like, I mean, the making of the document. Right. Like, I mean, yeah, and yeah. plus it ends up on microfilm. Somebody had to do that. Right. So like this is not just your average fakery. No, it's not average. It's it, it, it's, it, it, it's better than average, but it's not um, like there. Uh, there's like so many things that? that are wrong with them. 
the thing I wonder about something like this is this is stuff that people could look up later, look up the history and say, okay, these documents obviously are phony because the references, the people, the positions, so many different aspects are shown to be wrong. And you think the effort made to get this stuff wrong, couldn't they have gotten this stuff right? In which case it would have made the documents more difficult to disassemble. We're going to disassemble one more segment with Jan, Jean, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Yes, the pandemic is coming to an end. Restrictions are coming to an end. But body aches and pains never seem to end. That's why you need to click sunny-bay.com for the best sleep you can get. Sunny Bay's legendary products can help, like our lavender stress-reducing products, locally sourced and handmade in the USA. Or try Sunny Bay's award-winning pillows for traveling or extra neck support while sleeping. No need for pills or expensive chiropractic visits. Our neck support pillows are that good. Sunny Bay is a homegrown small business, but our products are designed and rigorously tested based on your demand and feedback. And they make great gifts for mom, dad, or anyone. Find Sunny Bay products on Amazon, Walmart, Etsy, or at sunny-bay.com. And right now, get free heat patches and a belt with any purchase. So remember, Sunny Bay heating pads, neck pillows, and stress-relieving hot or cold wraps as restrictions come to an end and you get back to work. Do it the healthy way with Sunny Bay. If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 800-296-1252. 800-296-1252. 800-296-1252. 800-296-1252. 
Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pau Arco Super Tea helps build the red corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. A one-pound package of tea is $34.95 plus shipping. To order, please visit ShopSuperTea.com. That's Shop, S-H-O-P, Super, S-U-P-E-R-T-T-E-A dot com. So the complete website is ShopSuperTea.com or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5 California time. That's ShopSuperTea.com at 818-984-6100. Tormay, screenwriter, producer. You're listening to Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Now, Jan, before we go on, there was a line in a song, Can You Dig It? Okay? And I can dig it. it. This is so much fun talking with Jan Aldrich, a great wealth of information, and he's consented to hang with us for the After the Paracast podcast for subscribers to the Paracast Plus at theparacast.plus for more info. Jan, what I was saying there is if you can go through the effort of faking documents and you're getting so many things wrong, people in the wrong places, wrong positions, misuse of terms, how much research would it take to just do it right the first time? More research than was possible. The thing about Admiral Anderson being the incumbent that sounds perfectly logical to somebody that's faking the document. They don't understand what the Navy is saying there. The Navy crossed this guy up. I don't know if it's Tim Cooper or he says he got the documents from somebody else. In essence, it doesn't matter. Somebody that read that took it to mean that Admiral Anderson was in charge of naval intelligence during the Battle of Los Angeles. He wasn't. And it's just fortunate. Uh, Brad Sparks sent me the history of naval intelligence. I'm reading stuff in there that I want to know. I was in the Army. The Army and the Air Force are pretty much the same as far as their correspondence and everything else. The Navy's completely different. I don't understand the Navy stuff. And the poor Marines, they have to learn both systems, the Army system and the Navy system. So... Uh, but anyways, uh, okay. I'm looking in there, and that's where I found this thing that said incumbent. And I knew what that was from my military experience. It meant that this was the guy at the beginning, and we're not going to list everybody else that has been at that position because they were only there for a short time. So that was something I learned from my military experience. And then when I looked it up, Admiral Anderson was not the head of O&I. So I was able to find the other admirals that were there in the meantime. So, yeah, somebody could have done that if they knew what the word incumbent was used by the Navy in this case. Now, the magic documents, that's just a copy. They went and found that and said, oh, let's do that. Let's make magic and make it a J instead of a G. How many people are going to go to the Army 
historical institute and look that up. Oh, exactly. How many people are going to look up Majestic? Well, I knew Majestic because I read the, uh, the book Deliverance, which is about what would have happened if we hadn't dropped the atom bomb. Well, thousands of prisoners would have been hanged. The minute the Americans sent foot on Japan, they were going to they were going to execute all the prisoners they had. Not only that, the Allies were going to have a landing, which it had it had it been opposed uh, out there in uh, Malaya. Uh, these guys would have been trapped. They couldn't got into shore, and they would have been slaughtered. So, Deliverance. When I read about Majestic and Deliverance, I already knew it. And when I saw Majestic, I, I was able to go to the Historical Institute and find uh, documentation about Majestic. So I said, okay, somebody's been to this uh, this institute and found documents and phonied up documents using these code words and everything. It, it wasn't a, it wasn't a great uh, coup to do this. I mean, they weren't really that smart by doing this. It's just that nobody was going to ever check them. So if Moore said it, it had to be true. If Stan said it, it had to be true. Well, who, That's who the way people. Think, who though do you think was behind it then? Because don't forget, we're talking about quite a while ago when it wasn't just that easy for anybody to just go find it and do it. I mean, somebody had to have an agenda. And well, then, at the like time, said, where and, does Bill Moore live? He lives in yeah, Pennsylvania okay. near Carlisle Barracks. So you're figure, you figure and like what, what, did, what did what did Moore do? Okay. He got Bob Pratt. He got Bob Pratt to write a novel about uh-huh. an intelligence agency agent, an intelligence agent who was a hero of his uh, who had the same initials as Doty, and that was the basis of MJ-12. Bob Pratt wrote a novel for uh, for Moore. Moore commissioned him to write a novel, which he never published. But then, years afterwards, uh, but weren't both Bob these Pratt guys told also- us about that. You know, these guys were uh, in intelligence themselves too, like like or at least security, like Doty was. Yeah, Doty right? was in intelligence. Yeah. So it's like I said, the the guy that the guy that wrote M the uh, SOM one hundred and one has probably never got his boots dirty. Hey, we ha- speaking of Doty, we had him on. We have three minutes left, Randall. Go ahead. Oh. Okay, just and maybe we can go into this a little bit in in after the Paracast, but he was saying that while he was in the service, was kind of indoctrinated into the whole UFO thing through a briefing for all of the people who needed to know, and that he was shown films that were perfectly clear of UFOs, and he said that every Air Force base had a Project Blue Book officer stationed there that you would report this to like do you, do, is any of this plausible or true or yes there's always a kernel of truth the kernel of truth is there was an air force officer at every base he wasn't a project blue book officer he was george he was george george was at every base it is probably the lowest ranking officer there 
and George got all the crappy jobs. So okay. George <laughs> got to be UFO officer. We're not criticizing anybody named George. It's just a designation for the guy with the low-end job. Yeah, that's what they say, George. It's a George job. That's what they say. It's in the military. It means that the lowest-ranking guy gets all the jobs that nobody else wants to do. All the higher-ranking officers don't want to do it. Now, the guy that did the uh, Minot case... He was not a George. He was a lieutenant colonel, and he was very smart. And he was told, we want you only, only to investigate the basic required information on this case. Don't go any further. Don't go talking to the pilots. Don't go talking to these people. But since he was a high-ranking intelligence officer, and knew better, he did more than he was required to do. We're out of time here, Jan. We're going to continue this discussion on After the Powercast. Tell our listeners, please, if they want to know more information about the work you do, where do they go? www.project1947, project all one word, dot com. Project1947.com. It's not a modern site, but it has lots of good information. Call it a vintage right. site, it's, right? Yeah, I, I'm going to do an assessment of the DNI's preliminary report, though. That's coming. Okay, good. You can find us people. on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. Look for the Paracast on Facebook. Look for our branded merchandise and special, fascinating, really good artwork at theparacast.shop. That includes our official logo, the cartoon caricature logo of me done by Red Pill Junkie, and of course some exclusive artwork for the Paracast and lots of other good stuff in general from J. Randall Murphy. Go to the Paracast.shop and you get the artwork on T-shirts and pillows and all sorts of stuff, caps even, okay? Instead of a MAGA cap, you can get yourself a Paracast cap, okay, folks? theparacast.shop. Also check out After the Paracast, part of the Paracast Plus. Go to theparacast.plus for more info and to sign up. You get the Paracast free of the network ads with better audio and you get the After the Paracast podcast. Quite often we extend interviews that way as we will with our guest Jan this week. Theparacast.plus Theparacast.plus Jan Aldridge, a pleasure to meet you. We have traveled in similar circles, it appears. Thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Okay. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast.